Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this Thursday. Glad to talk with you again. My ADHD mind has struck again. And there's a story I was intending to talk about probably days ago. It was in the rundown. Never got to it. It's a Supreme Court decision. And I uh, did not go into it. We'll do that today. This case regarding frozen embryos. Are they children? A very interesting debate. Yesterday, we mentioned during the course of the broadcast, Joe Biden made an appearance on Capitol Hill to talk with congressional investigators. And this is always humorous. You know, people can say whatever they want, but sometimes the facts just contradict the things that they're trying to spin you with. And we have another example of this happening with Joe Biden's brother. He was trying to share a story that clearly was not accurate. And fortunately, investigators have what they needed to prove that what he was telling them was not true. Absolutely shocking. (laughs) We will go into that during the course of our conversation today. As you know, we're just days away from the primary in South Carolina. And it's supposed to be a Republican primary. But the Nikki Haley Super PAC is not just courting Republicans. We'll tell you what's happening there, an issue that has been a concern for a lot of people, a lot of genuine conservative people in South Carolina for quite some time. How many of you are fortunate enough to have a four-day work week? Well, they've done an experiment, I believe in the United Kingdom, on this. And it apparently is working out very well. Is it possible? that this will make it to the United States of America in a greater measure than we see it now. We'll talk about this. Also, I wrestle with this issue, and I've wrestled with it for quite some time over the past few years, this issue of my spiritual convictions as it relates to politics. One of the challenges for me is to make sure that politics never never eclipses my convictions about spiritual things. Politics be damned, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm going to have to compromise. But there's a very interesting situation that's developing in the House. You probably have heard by now about the Speaker of the House and some of his spiritual convictions, and it's apparently causing some difficulty (laughs) some people not on the same page we will talk about that and we hear ongoing discussions about the open border and the cost and the consequences of having that open border well one state has actually put a figure on how much it is costing just to feed migrants each day this number is absolutely staggering when you add everything up and we've also talked about the mental fitness or lack thereof of mr. Magoo our current commander-in-chief there is new polling information out and it's not just bad news for Joe Biden it's also bad news for his opponent Donald Trump will talk about what people are saying in this particular poll during the course of our conversation today. I want to begin by talking about something that you're probably already aware of, and maybe you've been personally affected. There is a cellular outage affecting thousands of AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile customers this morning. With customers unable to make calls, send texts, or access the Internet. 
63,000 AT&T customers reported outages, according to downdetector.com. That's a digital service tracking site that provides data on self-reported outages, according to the Charlotte Observer. A combined 5,100 customers from Verizon and T-Mobile also reporting outages, including thousands of customers right here in North Carolina. Now, here's where this gets even more serious. It's one thing just to make a business call or a personal call. What is ostensibly the major reason people got cell phones to start with? In case of emergency, right? Well, we've learned that some AT&T customers in the southeastern U.S. have been unable to place 911 calls due to the outage. That's not good. Customers without service are showing an SOS message on phones where cell bars are typically shown. Customers without cell service should be able to text if on Wi-Fi, but may not be able to make calls. Charlotte Mecklenburg Police they have shared on social media this morning, CMPD is aware of a nationwide outage impacting AT&T cell phone customers this morning. Customers were briefly unable to contact 911. There are no disruptions to our call center's ability to receive 911 calls. Service should be returning shortly. One of the questions that I would raise here, in fact, I'm reaching out to my cybersecurity expert friend on this to get some insight as to what may have happened here. We don't know what's behind the drop-in service. What is the reason for this? At this point, we've gotten, not gotten any official word as to what happened here and why. So if you have an issue, obviously, if you have the means to do so, you know, I was just thinking, how do you report a service problem if you don't have service? I mean, it's, just, you know, seems like a logical question, right? How do you possibly do that? I don't know. But I'm sure there's a way to accomplish that. <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, a whole lot to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. And this is not a monologue. Your perspectives are always welcome if you'd like to call in 704 570-1110-704-570-1110. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. And I want to extend an invitation to you to join Breaking Brett Jensen at the first WBT Cigar Club meetup of 2024. It's coming up a week from today, the 29th of February. Can you believe that? The last day of February, 6 to 9 p.m., the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Watch Brett host Breaking with Brett Jensen live. Browse premium cigar brands, including Cohiba. And enjoy giveaways and specials courtesy of the Vintage. It's the WBT Cigar Club, Thursday, February 29th at the Vintage Whiskey and Cigar Bar in Gastonia. Seating is limited, so lock in your reservation today. Email cigar at wbt.com for reservations. So a number of political things to jump into today. Here we are a couple of days away from the South Carolina primary. I don't think I'm being cynical or making any grand prediction here by saying, I think we know the outcome. But it's not for a lack of trying on the part of Nikki Haley to try to pull off an upset. Now, one of the things that you probably already know, these super PACs that operate on behalf of candidates do not have a direct campaign connection. They're not supposed to. So Nikki Haley is not supposed to coordinate with her super PAC, or the same is true for any other candidate running for office. But you should probably know about the strategy of this super PAC because they are absolutely determined 
to try to pull off a victory on Saturday. The SFA Fund, Inc., this is a pro-Nikki Haley super PAC, has been courting South Carolina Democrats who did not vote in the party's February 3rd primary. See, the primary was a couple of weeks ago. So those who did not vote, they're eligible to vote in the upcoming Republican primary. In fact, the NBC News team got a hold of a new mailer. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting the way these things work. Here's what it says. The new mailer from the Super PAC reads like this. If you did not vote in the February 3rd Democratic primary, you are eligible to vote on February 24th. Your vote can make a difference. Please participate by voting for Nikki Haley and make your voice heard. Make your voice heard. Oh, my goodness. The other side of the mailer, likewise, read, time is running out. You have a choice. Vote for Nikki Haley against Donald Trump. A South Carolina man who identifies as Democrat received the mailer, and since the state does not have party registration, a voter can participate in whichever primary they choose, but can only do it once. Democrats in the state who already voted in the primary would not be eligible to vote for Nikki Haley. So just over 130,000 voters took part in the Democratic primary. Relatively low turnout that leaves plenty of voters on the table for Saturday's GOP primary. This is the target for this super PAC. Haley is looking to boost Democratic and independent turnout to cut into Trump's big lead in almost all public polling, which shows her trailing Trump significantly in the Palmetto State, where Haley once served as governor. Alex the South Carolina GOP said Haley needs to get every voter possible to seal the victory against Trump. Haley should absolutely look to turn out every voter possible in the primary. And with the Democratic presidential primary being held three weeks prior, there should be ample time to identify those who did not vote in the primary and encourage them to vote in the Republican primary. What do you think about this? Is this desperate? Of course it's desperate. (laughs) Do you object to this? And does it cause you to view Ms. Haley in a less favorable light? That's a significant question here. Because I think a lot of people already have a perspective on Ms. Haley and her questions about her let's just say how strong her convictions are about conservative ideas and values i think i have my opinion on this how is this going to play into this contest i mean there's no question the diehard trump supporters are not going to switch to nikki haley So not only does she need to find the moderates and liberal Republicans, you know, she's got to find every single Democrat possible to care enough to come out and vote for her. And maybe there's enough hostility toward Donald Trump to actually pull this off. Who knows? That would certainly be uh, quite an event if they are able to succeed in this effort. Still to come on the broadcast, speaking of the presidential contest, it's a foregone conclusion that Joe Biden is not all there. He is not all there. This man is not operating on all cylinders. It's very clear to anybody who's looking at this from a standpoint which is not political. But there's new polling information out that says this whole mental issue is not just an issue for Joe Biden. We'll tell you what is coming out in this Quinnipiac University poll as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Also, we're going to talk about 
God, what does he have to do with the GOP? There are people who believe it should have nothing to do with the GOP. They don't want to talk about it. And they certainly don't want to listen to a sermon about it. Still coming to the broadcast, we're going to talk about the issue of spirituality, religion, politics. Do they belong together? It's an, really an age-old discussion that we've been having, and there's really no resolution to this. And one of the reasons for that, at least this is my conviction, is when you don't have a spiritual conviction, the state fills a huge vacuum. But we'll talk about this coming up a little bit later on. But first, let's talk about mental fitness to be president of the United States of America. I, in fact, I want to extend an invitation right now. If you are a person who strongly believes Joe Biden has all of his faculties and we ought to just leave him alone and let him do his job and, hey, serve another four years. If you're a person who strongly believes that, call me, 704-570-1110. I'd be very curious to hear your arguments in favor of this man staying in office. Really, one day more. Because I don't believe he belongs there now. Forget about getting reelected. So, if you've got a contrary opinion, you are welcome to bring it. Now, I think I know where most Americans are on this issue. And yet, at the same time, it's kind of an uncomfortable truth that there may be issues beyond Mr. Biden, evidenced by a new poll in the New York Daily News. Majorities of voters say Biden and Trump both mentally unfit for a second term. American voters are broadly skeptical that President Biden is mentally fit to serve a second term. And most don't think his presumed general election rival Donald Trump is mentally fit either. This is from a Quinnipiac poll. In this survey, 64% of respondents said Biden was mentally unfit for another term. A bleak data point for the president, a poll where he nonetheless outperformed his top line numbers in many other areas. Meanwhile, this ought to be a disturbing number for the Trump campaign. 51% of voters told the pollster they did not think Trump was mentally fit for a second term. We've talked about all of the issues related to Joe Biden ad nauseum. This is a guy who is hell-bent on running no matter what. Donald Trump, who's 77 years old, has been gliding to the Republican nomination while holding leads of the current president in public opinion polls. Quinnipiac's latest national poll was an outlier. Biden leading Trump by four points, even as two-thirds of voters said they judged Biden to be too old to serve another full term to the White House. Separately, an Economist YouGov poll published yesterday showing Biden a point behind Trump. So these are the numbers. And it's kind of interesting, some of the other things that we learned from this. The Siena poll found more than 40% of New York voters saying they would prefer somebody else over Biden or Trump. Somebody else. That's a pretty high number. This is why I was saying I really think there's an opportunity for an independent candidate here to get some traction. Is RFK Jr. that person? Who knows? We will see. Ongoing issue. Religion, spirituality, politics. Should there be an intersection in there? I did not cover this very much when Mike Johnson was elected Speaker of the House. There have been so many stories about his very, very strident views on a number of things. He is a person I would consider to be 
Um, well, I don't know. I don't know that I would even characterize it. I would not embrace all of Mr. Johnson's views. I think we'd be in agreement on most things. Political has a story. Mike Johnson invoked God in a GOP presentation on keeping the majority. It didn't land well. You know, one of the things that uh, this has been a lesson for me, whether I'm doing a radio program, running for office, whatever, I find that uh, it's very easy for us, especially when we're around people of like mind, to assume, well, this is everybody. It's not everybody. I think this is one of the dangers that we all face when we have conversations, when we pursue things. We have ideas about who's on our, quote, our side. And they're really wrong assumptions. I mean, I concluded a long time ago, the Republican Party is not a conservative party. I would contend that most of the people in the Republican Party are progressives, most of them. And there's a small minority of conservatives. That's the reality. And I think the rest of them, most of them, don't want to think about God. They don't want to think about moral and spiritual values. Really, for them, I think most of them, it's about getting elected and reelected. And they're very practical. It's pragmatism that drives these folks. And... I think especially the more secular-minded people in this category, they've recognized this is where the country is. You know, gone are these convictions about certain things that many of us took for granted for years. So there's not going to be an interest in talking about these things, which is one of the reasons why you see so many Republicans running away from the abortion issue. I think one of the reasons they're losing on this issue is they many of these folks don't have any conviction about it. Look at the Democrats. They've got conviction on this. They should have the right. Women should have the right to kill their babies. And they go to the wall on this issue every time. Coming up. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, a couple of people that I asked to call in actually. It's kind of interesting. Let's begin first with Wendell, who's a Biden supporter. Uh, good morning and welcome, sir. Morning. You are a person who uh, I was raising the question as to whether there are any Biden supporters I can who, hear you. who have no concerns about his mental uh, abilities. Are, are you saying you're one of those people? Are you convinced he's got his full faculties? I'm going to say his mental abilities has to be even better than yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and why do you believe that? Why do you believe show. that? Well, I've listened to your show several times. It's traveling. And uh, there's a lot of times that you're not making sense to common folk. Uh, you're playing on one group, and uh, you're really leaning heavy. And I don't think... Uh, I mean, I know you're only on AM, but uh, what's your audience? A couple of hundred people, maybe? You know. <laughs> hey, if there were a couple of people, just a couple of hundred people, I would not be here. I'll assure you that, Wendell. But I, I do have to ask uh, you, you're talking about an issue here of ideology. Uh, that's not That has nothing to do with mental fitness. How do you explain uh, Mr. Biden, for instance, talking to dead people? Does that concern you at all? Not a bit. Not after knowing what uh, Trump did to all of us. Okay, I don't care about Trump. I, I need you I to explain. You I, I need you to affirm to me the the mental integrity of your candidate. Uh, can you answer the question without using Trump's name? Yeah, I can. Okay. Uh, Mr. Biden has enough experience 
to outdo any candidate that the Republicans have put out there yet. Mm. You're still talking about very you're still smart person. Okay, maybe getting older. We okay. all get older. Right. Uh, look at poor Mitch. How he froze on camera there a couple of times. I have. I've said the same thing about him. The man needs to go home. Right. But this guy <laughs> we've got in there right now, and everything he's already done for us in his past three years has surpassed anything the Republicans are even willing to accomplish. For well, here, people. identify something, yeah. point out something. People anymore. Yeah, point out something that you appreciate about Joe Biden, something he's accomplished over those three years. Oh, my God, there's so many things. Um, Just one. You get back on your deductions this year that you got really ripped off from when the, the regime in 2017 set the... Uh, income tax to go up every two years and now you're getting some of that back this year and for your next year's taxes as well okay there's no rocket science in taking care of the people we just need more rocket scientists in place of the ones that we have up there that are so-called rocket scientists (laughs) uh, trying to make our rules and regulations for us you're not helping us a bit okay so you're fully in support of another four years i sure am And then, uh, surely by that time he will be too old. But, okay, then we get to get a fresh person from either one of them. When I say that, either uh, political party. Now we'll see that this next four years will incorporate other voters that um, we get to see show you what we really need. Okay. Well, fair enough. Wendell, it's good to hear from you. Thanks very much for calling. Yeah, I appreciate you taking my call, even though I was on hold for about 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, I'm still okay with that. But, uh, yeah, go Biden. He's the man. Okay. (laughs) Please. (laughs) All right. Wendell is uh, fully in support of Joe Biden. Believes he has all of his faculties. And, hey, more solid than your host. All right. Let's go out to a call from Mike. Good morning, Mike, and welcome. Hey, uh, Vince. Um, this isn't what I was going to first talk about, but, you know, Wendell's clearly drunk some Kool-Aid. Um, that was amazing. Um, derangement comes in all forms. What I was going to say was that be careful what you wish for with respect to Mr. Biden and uh, leaving office because of his declining uh, mental faculties. I resisted um, consideration of that for quite a while because I thought it was kind of overblown in the early days, but it's it's become pretty clear that it's real. And to be careful what you wish for is if he were to step down now or any time before January 20th, Let's remember what we end up with. Oh, I'm fully with you on that. I fully understand, Mike. Uh, and I think this is one of the concerns, not just for us Republicans, but I think there's a lot of nervousness about this on the Democrat side. Uh, they really do not want her as president. And one of the difficult things is how to figure out how to bypass her. If for some reason there is some reason to remove this guy or if he uh, decides not to run because that could still happen could still happen i want to start talking about this and we'll probably carry this over into the next hour it's about mike johnson speaker of the house mike johnson invoked god in a gop presentation on keeping the majority it didn't land well this is a political story The speaker delivered a presentation that, while ostensibly about holding the majority this fall, took a notably moral turn, according to two people in the room. This was at a weekend GOP retreat. Billed as a map to keeping the House majority, took on a surprisingly religious tone, according to two people in the room. Johnson's private remarks to a small group of Republican lawmakers at Miami's Mandarin Oriental Hotel over the weekend alarmed both people who addressed the speech on condition of anonymity. Rather than outlining a specific plan to hold and grow the majority, these people said, Johnson effectively delivered a sermon. 
Hallelujah. The Louisiana Republican showed slides to the members of the elected leadership committee in a bid to tout the party's prospects of hanging on to its two-seat majority in November. Johnson, a devout Christian, attempted to rally the group by discussing moral decline in America, focusing on declining church membership and the nation's shrinking religious identity. The speaker contended that when one doesn't have God in their life, the government or state will become their guide, referring back to Bible verses. They added the approach fell flat among some in the room. And one person quoted saying, I'm not at church. This person describing Johnson's presentation as horrible. (laughs) We're going to talk more about this coming up in the next hour. I think this is, frankly, absolutely hilarious. From people in a party that is dying. It is dying. And this is probably the least of their concerns. We'll talk more about this and get your thoughts as we continue. Hour number two, it's straight ahead. Welcome to our number two of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Coming up, we're going to talk more about this story of a message on uh, spiritual restoration, I think would be a safe way to describe this for Mike Johnson and how it fell flat. I'm going to say something very strong about the Republican Party, and I'll comment on this coming up. A related issue, frozen embryos. Are they children? We'll talk about a Supreme Court ruling on this and get your thoughts. And we learn some more about the testimony of Joe Biden's brother. Apparently, he tried to spin some accounts of what has taken place. And the Republican leaders who question him have receipts forcing him to change his story. We'll talk about this as we continue our broadcast. Let's talk more about Mike Johnson. Here he is, using Bible verses, delivering what amounts to a sermon. (laughs) This is really interesting stuff. And I told you about one of the people who talked to Politico said, I'm not at church. And characterizing Johnson's presentation as horrible. The person goes on, I think what he was trying to do but failed on the execution of it was bring us together. The sermon was so long, he couldn't bring it back to make the point. A third person in the room who's close to Johnson said the speaker dipped into historical and religious points for perhaps a third of his presentation, arguing the party needed to save the country. Let me just give you a hint. Mr. Johnson, before you try to save the country, you need to try to save yourself and your freaking party. It's dead. Anyway, this person goes on. Speaking on condition of anonymity about the private meeting, said Johnson also talked about polling on the border, how President Joe Biden compares to Donald Trump on various issues and the House GOP's core message. The weekend retreat also featured notable tension between GOP conference leaders and Freedom Caucus chair Bob Good, who argued in Miami, Johnson needs to lead Republicans in the direction that is favored by conservatives. See the power, the power struggle that's taking place right now? You got conservatives who've been trying to push this party in a conservative direction for years. And they're meeting resistance because most of the conference is not conservative. Representative Lisa McLean of Michigan pushed back questioning if Good, who had voted to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy, will let Johnson lead or if he would block him whenever he disagree with the GOP leader's approach. According to all three people who addressed the Speaker's presentation, conservatives have blocked legislation from being considered on the floor several times this term. No comment on all of this from Mr. Johnson himself. I'm curious what you think about this. I can't speak to what Mr. Johnson actually said during the speech. 
And one of the things I've learned, I think you heard me say yesterday, that people hear things differently. And I'm not sure I would... I don't know what, again, I don't know what Mike Johnson said specifically. But judging by, I'm just going to assume that the people who spoke to Politico on this are probably not spiritually minded people at all. And they want nothing to do with that perspective at all as it relates to politics. I think they are people who have... Uh, put the little wind vane out. They've noticed the direction the country's going, and they want to make sure they're in tune with the direction the country's blowing, which is clearly a direction away from God and away from traditional values. So they don't want to talk about these things. That's my opinion on this. Not having heard the speech. But at the same time, it's possible Mike Johnson also delivered a poor speech and did a horrible presentation. See, one of the things that all of us have to do at some point, we've got to be practical. Now, practical, I'm not by this, I'm not saying that we give in to the spirit of the age and just give in and make sure that we're in step with the world. I'm not saying that. But if you're going to deliver a message like this, you got to talk, okay, how are we going to reach people? How are we going to convince them that what we are doing is the right thing and it's in their best interest? You can make that case. But if you don't do it well, here's another thing about me. And this is pretty odd from a person who was speaking on the air for two hours a day. I am not a fan of long messages. I'm just not. I, I can't remember what Steve Crosby has said about this, about the longest message that he's able to discern out of Jesus. It wasn't very long at all. I don't think it was an hour. But there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, it's just recognizing human nature. I don't care who it is, when it is. People just don't remember very much. Things are best kept brief. So people can remember just a few things. I'd rather them remember one thing than go on and on and drone on and on for an hour or two hours. And people walk away with nothing. So you have to consider your audience, especially if you've got people who already don't care for your message. You've got to be all the more on your game and connect with them. And ideally, connect with people who even disagree with you. You know, I don't necessarily enjoy or appreciate your message, but you know what? You've got a great strategy. That can happen. Can very much happen. But it sounds to me like Mike Johnson may not be the man. He may be there temporarily, but ultimately... This is going to require some new leadership. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You know, one of the most contentious issues out there, you bring up the question, when does life begin? You know, my own perspective on this, I believe begins at the point of fertilization. That's when that human life begins. So I celebrate every victory that I see in the legal system that affirms life in that way where the question marks start this Supreme Court ruling in Alabama the Hill reports on this Alabama Supreme Court rules 
frozen embryos are children. This is basically a position they're saying about state law. Subject to legislation dealing with the wrongful death of a minor. Stating it applies to all unborn children, regardless of their location. The court issued this majority decision in a lawsuit brought by a group of in vitro fertilization patients, or IVF, whose frozen embryos were destroyed December 2020 when a patient removed the embryos from a cryogenic storage unit and dropped them on the ground. Oops. That's not good. The plaintiffs subsequently filed two lawsuits against the facility. The Center for Reproductive Medicine, alleging the clinic had violated Alabama's wrongful death of a minor act, which applies to unborn children. The plaintiffs also alternatively alleged negligence on the part of the clinic and sought compensatory damages. Though the claims of negligence were specified to only be pleaded if Alabama courts or the U.S. Supreme Court decided frozen embryos were not children. So the defendant's motion to dismiss the lawsuits were granted by a trial court that found a frozen embryo did not fall within the definition of a person or a child. The court also ruled the plaintiffs could not proceed with their cause for compensatory damages for the loss of a human life and emotional damages, citing longstanding legal standards in Alabama. In its decision, the Alabama Supreme Court did not address the question of whether extra uterine children should be treated as human beings. It did find that state law did not specify what state an unborn child is to be in. Boy, this is messy. The relevant statutory text is clear. The wrongful death of a minor act applies on its face to all unborn children without limitation. That's the court's decision. The court found there is no unwritten exception as the defendants have argued, to the law that applies to unborn children who are not physically located in utero, that is, inside a biological uterus, at the time they are killed. The defendants had also argued, considering frozen embryos as children, will result in numerous consequences, including making IVF substantially more expensive and preserving embryos more onerous. While we appreciate the defendants' concerns, these types of policy-focused arguments belong before the legislature, not the court. The ruling, issued by Alabama Supreme Court Justice Jay Mitchell, seven of the other eight justices concurring, most of them. Greg Cook, the one dissenting opinion, arguing in his opinion, it was not within the role of the court to expand the reach of a statute and breathe life into it by updating or amending it. He argued the law, though it's written in 1872, would not have taken into account the status of frozen embryos, and to argue the law would require an explicit amendment from the state legislature. This is so messy, isn't it? Frozen embryos. What are your thoughts here? Um... It's this is one of those examples of where our ethical concerns have kind of fallen behind technology. This is why it's always best to have a firm grasp of these things before we get to actually develop some of these things, because it does get very messy and confusing, doesn't it? Very messy. What are your thoughts? 704-570-1110 is our phone number. We seem to be getting sporadic perspectives on this issue of presidential fitness. Had some interesting conversations earlier. And now Gary would like to weigh in on this particular subject. Gary, good morning and welcome, sir. Hey, how are you? All right, Uh, sir. It's great to talk to you, buddy. Hey. You met my son down at one of your store, uh, store in your new, in your neighborhood. I that, did. Uh, we we coached baseball together years ago. Oh you yes, yes. Don't yes. say any names. I know but the name. Said, it, it you all... looked at the name and you said, "I remember coaching you at this school and all this kind of stuff." 
And I said, he cannot remember that. That was too long ago. So your your memory is amazing. Absolutely amazing. When it, when it comes to people, I, I'm really mm-hmm. quick with that type of thing. I know what you're talking about, a particular yeah. grocery store. And I remember seeing yeah. that name, and I thought to myself, here's the funny thing, uh, Gary. I also met someone maybe two months ago who mm-hmm. I kept seeing over and over, and, and I, I thought, he looks awfully familiar. And finally, he looked at me and said, you don't remember me, do you? And he told me his yep. name, and he said, Northside, you were your son, and I were playing on a baseball team. I thought, oh, my yeah. goodness. So when I ran into your son within a month, I thought, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> you're, 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 so, you're surrounded, man. <laughs> no, I just, I, I heard that, or, or he came and he said, guess who came into my store the other day? And I said, okay, who? He said, oh, yeah. And, and he listens to you on the radio all the time. And, and he, awesome. anyway, great memories, good, great guy. Yeah, that's pretty uh, awesome. Thanks. My, my point was, I, I thought I'm going to say this, but my point was uh, the federal, I, I hear these guys get on there, and some of them, like the guy yesterday talking about Sally Henning, and there's another guy that says he's a Muslim, I believe he is. And another guy, some lawyer guy, and they are, they are, to me, they are smooth tongue propagandists, like Goebbels was in the Hitler regime. They can just, they put, and what I call it is they put words together good, but you guys handle them. So the same guy I called you yesterday, he called Brent yesterday afternoon with the same slosh of stuff. <laughs> you guys are brilliant at, I don't know how many Thanks. people catch this or what you're doing. But you're great. And uh, sorry Thank to go you. on so long about that. But the Federalists pay, talking about uh, our presidents uh, or what the, those papers call the executive, they give an outline of what we should do when it comes to an executive who's lost his energy, who's not as competent as he used to be, and also for the senators, uh, the Congress people, uh, as well as the, the Supreme Court guys. So they're, even all these years ago, when uh, Jefferson or uh, Hamilton and Jay and Madison wrote the Federalist Papers, they were looking ahead to trouble within elected officials. And what they had done, of course, is looked at all history, almost all history governments, and come and they then they came up with those conclusions. So um, it's written down, and you know I can't I can't cite Paper Fifty Two, Paper Eighty, and all. But if you get in there and, and, and you read, they give us, and their conclusions are exactly what we're talking about. If somebody's incompetent, they're gone. If you're incompetent handling your job there, you're gone. If I'm incompetent, I'm gone. I mean, and we're seeing it, especially with this one in there. And I don't know about the, the other guy that's, that's following him up, uh, but the, the competence level was crucial to our founding fathers, yes, and this this guy would be gone a long time. Sorry, I went rambled so long. No, you're you're not uh, rambling at all. But you you bring out a very important point that uh, but, the consequences of this are much too great to the, treat this lightly. Exactly, exactly. And so the rules and the regulations there. Of course, we get tied up in a personality. I and generally politics. I vote for a guy that. I like what he's. I like what he said he wants to do. Like build a wall. I like that. Uh, letting people flow across. Letting an army. Letting another country basically come into our country with the size of this thing. Um, like uh, um, Pete was talking yesterday. By the time this president leaves, if he leaves this year, we will have let in the state, the population of North Carolina. We really don't know how many people are coming in because we we only know about the ones we count, and uh, it is it's absolutely an invasion. And if if uh, people were going to if China want, if pulled up boats over here and unloaded people soldiers down here in Charleston, that would be a totally different thing. But eventually, what they want to do is ever who the intruder is, they want to control the country, control the jobs, control the government, and you have a bunch of people coming in their country. They just don't have guns, but at some time, they're going to have our jobs. They're going to they're going to have our yep. government. They're going to have uh, uh, control. Uh, think of the yes. the Fab Four up there out of uh, the. And I'm, I'm going to say this, 
the Muslim group that's in there now who came in from Michigan. Yep. And I can't, Tabib, all the weird now sounding names. Those people are not for America. And, and one of them or two of them have even said, we support Hamas. Yeah, but you, and not um, only that, did you hear just a few days ago, um, we're up against a hard break here, Gary, so I've got to say goodbye okay, okay, yeah, yeah, man, thank do, you. Do call again very soon. I mean, we share it on this broadcast. One of them, uh, I think, what was it she was saying, that, that she believed in Somalia first or something like that? I mean, come on. <laughs> we are truly being colonized. I, I saw a story the other day as well about the uh, sharp increase in Chinese nationals. And these are not women and children. These are military-aged young men coming into this country. They already know. All they have to do is fly into Mexico, walk across the border. Back of the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 36 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We mentioned this story about the Alabama Supreme Court ruling. Basically, embryos are children. What are the implications of this? In fact... We have a very uh, thoughtful person on the line raising this very question. Michael, what are your thoughts here, Michael? Well, Vince, I have a couple of questions. I do believe it's a mess that Alabama has opened up, but there are a couple of issues. One, uh, what do you do with the embryos once the contributors to uh, that embryo are beyond the childbearing years? Do we have hundreds of years that we have to maintain these, even though those who originally started the process are, are no longer uh, viable as parents. Secondly, when the embryo is implanted, it doesn't always take. Uh, so now do we open up new ramifications for the doctors? Did they do something that kept that from happening? Uh, if, there are, if there are birth control pills that basically keep the fertilized egg from implanting in the lining of the uterus, isn't that equally uh, the taking of a life as opposed to the, the preventing of the fertilization of the egg? Uh, the ramifications of this decision are numerous and need to be better thought out than, than what seems to have been done in this process. Yeah, it's, it's very messy, isn't it? Uh, any way you it's look at it here. It's exceedingly messy. I absolutely support the fact that life begins at conception. But life begins at conception, and but, but how many times does an egg get fertilized and fail to basically attach to the uterine wall and is basically passed out of the body uh, in the normal in a cycle? a natural process. Uh, Right. It's it's a natural process sometimes. I don't I, I do believe there needs to be some standards about the care that have to be given to these because these embryos were created for those who thought there may be a risk due to other medical conditions. Uh I, I think it's not the the position has not been well thought out and needs to be uh uh, considered uh, with significant more thought than has been given to it to date. I uh, understand where you are coming from. Thanks very much for your call there, Michael. Uh, again, it's another example of just where our our scientific abilities have kind of gone beyond the wisdom that's needed to discern some very important questions and issues. Speaking of issues, big ones for one James Biden. It's the brother of Joe Biden. Daily Caller reports Joe Biden's brother switched up story on China deal after lawmakers showed him receipts. Well, of course he did. He altered his story during a closed-door interview with lawmakers after congressional investigators presented him with evidence directly contradicting his claims. I told you these folks, they are liars. They're liars. They're crooks and they are liars. Family. It's a crime family. Joe Biden's younger brother, in this closed-door testimony of the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees, initially told his interviewers he was not part of a business deal involving Hunter Biden and several of his associates. 
However, after investigators showed him an agreement that featured, guess what, his signature, alongside those of Hunter and his business partners, James Biden then told legislators he did not remember signing the agreement. You know know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay, you know what I think happened here? I would suggest this guy probably signed so many agreements, he doesn't remember what he signed. It's probably pretty legitimate from that standpoint. But it certainly underscores again the depth of corruption here. The deal in question, a proposed joint venture involving an entity known as Sinohawk and the Chinese Communist Party tied CEFC China Energy Limited Energy Firm. Gosh, 50% of Sinohawk was to be owned by Hudson West the Fourth, an entity nominally managed by CEFC emissary and Joe Biden office mate Gong Wendong, with the other 50% to be owned by Onita Holdings, an entity composed of LLCs controlled by Hunter Biden, James Biden, Rob Walker, James Gillier, and Tony Bobolinsky. This is according to testimony from Bobolinsky on February 13th. And he presented documents as well. The president's younger brother also stated he threw out a diamond that Hunter Biden had given him to appraise. According to a source familiar with James Biden's interview, the diamond had initially been given to Hunter Biden by CEFC chairman presumably to woo Hunter Biden to engage in business with CEFC. A May 2017 email to Hunter Biden, Bobolinsky, and Walker detailed the potential equity split for Onita's piece of Sinohawk with 20% for H, 20% for RW, 20% for JG, 20% for TB, 10% for Jim, and 10 held by H for the big guy. And you know who the big guy is. You know, the guy who doesn't remember where he is right now. So, who knows where all of this goes. Uh, these These folks are going to be evasive. They're going to be elusive. They're going to lie and do everything they can to avoid legal jeopardy. So I frankly don't hold out much hope at all that they will ever get to the bottom of all of this. These folks are, they're frankly, I'll give them credit for being smart. They're crooked, but they're smart. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Final stretch, the Vince Coakley radio program on this Thursday. You probably noticed I absolutely love lottery stories. I mean, I... I don't play very often. I've got a personal rule that when it's, unless it reaches an extraordinary level, for instance, I might, I'm not going to play Powerball. It's got to reach like half a million dollars or get up to, you know, half, yeah, half a billion, 700, you know, something like that. I'll play at that point. I'm not going to do it on a regular basis. But get a load of this. How many times do you hear people when they win the lottery? They're going to go out and buy a house. You know, the good things when you hear somebody say, hey, the first thing I'm going to do is pay off my debt. That's good. Or somebody will say, hey, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to buy a new car. You know, and these are all, I mean, especially if you, you've won hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, these are minuscule exp- expenses by comparison. But... Get a load of this. Alvin Turner and his wife. They spent a dollar for a North Carolina lottery ticket. 
They were absolutely shocked when these numbers lined up with a $624,134 prize. The odds of winning, 1 and 962,598. He says, I woke my wife up. I thought I was reading it wrong. She confirmed the prize was real. We were both in shock. Turner picked up his cash just a couple of days ago, driving the 200 miles from his home in Nebo to lottery headquarters in Raleigh. After taxes taken out, $446,256. That's a nice amount of change, don't you think? That's enough money for a house, a sports car. What do you think this couple is interested in? Are you ready for this? Now, Tommy, you have to assure me you have not seen this story. But you I have not. Take- you want to take a wild guess as to what they want to buy now that they've won all of this money. They're going to spend it all on more lottery tickets? <laughs> no. They're going to pay off their bills. Then they want to buy a tractor. Okay. I mean, a tractor. there are, there are worse things you can definitely <laughs> use that money on. I'm sure you could put that tractor to good use. Details of why they want a tractor not released, including whether they have a farm... But his wife really wants one. So that's the prize. A tractor. That's what they want to do with some of that money. I mean, it's kind of unusual. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, I don't know if I have either. Probably not what I would have spent the money on. But hey, to each their own, right? Yeah, and they, and they got plenty more money after they buy that tractor. What else can they buy? It's time for us to take a look at the day in history. As we have a total of eight items here, and we begin, I hope I can pronounce this name correctly. We go back to the year 1630. Oh, boy. Kwadakina, an American Indian, introduced something to the colonists that we like to have when we go to the movies. What is it? Uh, Popcorn? Yes. Can you believe that? 1630 was the year. Suppose it's always been popping. We just oh had to figure my. it out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, yes, yes. 1732 is the year that our first president was born. You know his name. Yeah, Mr. Dollar Bill himself, George Washington. 1819. And Spain decided to give this state up to the United States of America. It's uh, one of my favorite places to visit to warm up. Would that be, in 1819, would that be like uh, like Arizona or New Mexico? Like the territory no, itself? No, it's Florida. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. A closer to that home. Makes sense. Yep. Spain ceded that to the United States in 1819. Here's another interesting one. 1879. This guy's first name is Frank, and he opened his first great five-cent store in Utica, New York. It's like a five-and-dime store. Do you know his last oh. name? I, I don't. I don't. Is it Teeter or Kroger? <laughs> Woolworth. What? Woolworth. Gotcha. You okay. heard of that story? I have. I have. Okay. I wasn't sure. Just generationally, it's uh, goes. Uh, it goes back a bit. Nineteen thirty-five. This is a bizarre one. All flights over the White House are banned because this president couldn't sleep. Who was in office in 1935? I can give you a hint if you need one. I think that's going to be FDR, isn't it? You're absolutely right. It was FDR. I couldn't sleep. So they banned. You know, and that practice, I assume, has continued to this day. You can't get anywhere near the airspace of the White House. Not because they can't sleep, but for security reasons. So Makes sense. 1963, Moscow warning the U.S. If they happen to attack this country to our south, it would mean war. Cuba, right? Cuba is absolutely correct. 1980, they called it the Miracle on Ice. The U.S. Olympic hockey team beat this team. That would for, for the Miracle on Ice itself was the uh, United States, or the USSR, excuse me. You're right. We beat but the But that Soviets. wasn't the gold medal game. Ah, 
Okay. The gold medal game, I believe, was Sweden. Sweden? Finland. Okay. Finland. I'm getting word from Pete that it's Finland. Okay. Very cool. And 2021. We go back to the dark days of 2021. The coronavirus deaths hit 500,000 here in the United States of America. It seems like so long ago. And uh, fortunately, it remains in our past in that respect. Before we go, this is an interesting story. We were talking about um, having babies and IVF earlier. Well, here's an interesting spin on this story as it relates to animals. Charlotte, a rust-colored stingray the size of a serving platter, spent much of her life gliding around the confines of a storefront aquarium in North Carolina's Appalachian Mountains. She's 2,300 miles from her natural habitat under the waves of Southern California, and she hasn't shared a tank of water with the male of her species in at least eight years. Do you want to take a guess as to what has happened now to this single stingray? Did she find love? No. He, she, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to she, follow that well. She's pregnant. The aquarium's owner said the stingray is pregnant with as many as four pups and could give birth in the next couple of weeks. So they are quite amazed by this. An expert on the stingray said it would have been impossible for Charlotte to have made it with one of five small sharks that share her tank. Um, despite news reports suggesting that was the case. They're thinking, you know, maybe this was an interspecies hookup. Uh, so it's a mystery. It could be a type of asexual reproduction, which offspring develop from unfertilized eggs, which means there's no genetic contribution by a male. How is that for bizarre? Who knows whether we'll figure out what happened here. It may rem forever remain a mystery. That's all the time we have for the broadcast today. Thanks for joining us. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. Adios.